How many of y'all enjoying this weather? Whoo! How about that extra hour of sleep? Man, I got up this morning and I looked at my clock. It said 4.30. I said, oh, no, I'm sleeping in another hour. And so uh, I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. I hope you do. And uh, maybe some people got here earlier than normal because you didn't set your clock. Uh, but uh, we're just so glad that you're here with us uh, this morning. And, you know, this morning I just want to remind you that God is a great God. We're going to do that at the end. Thank you, guys. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that I know that for the last few weeks we've been doing the whole legacy uh, thing. And this morning I just want to talk, I don't want to call it a thing, but uh, just a series we've been talking about legacy is leaving something behind and what that really looks like. And this morning I'm really on the third part, but, you know, the uh, the things that I do to ma- the the things that I do today really matter when I'm 90 years old. So you gonna live that long? I hope to. As long as I can go to the restroom by myself, and I don't need any assistance, I want to live that long. Is that all right to say that? And uh, I, I, you know, and the things I do and the, the decisions I made, even when I was younger, I uh, I'm, I'm living out today. And, you know, sometimes you don't see the things you do when you're young, but you begin to see those things down the road. And sometimes you never see those things in your lifetime. But, you know, it's like, and, you know, I want to, how many of you want to finish life well? Come on. I'll ask it again. How many of you want to finish well and strong? And so, you know, this morning I want to make sure that, that uh, you know, the latter days of my life are, are the greater days of my life. And, and you know, uh, I want to I be that one guy that just made a difference, that was willing to do whatever God told him to do and just made a difference. And, you know, and it's not an ego thing, but I want to see, see the difference that we can make in this region, in this city, in this area, in the places God has called us to raise up churches. And all you agree with that said? Yeah. And so, you know, the first week we talked about in our legacy series, we talked about there was a psychiatrist that discovered that the highest form of living is when you're making a difference in other people's lives. He said, you know, that was the highest form of living. It's making a difference in other people's lives. And God has called us to live beyond ourselves. How many of you believe that? And uh, you, if you missed it, I ask you to go back and listen to it on our podcast. And, the, and last week we learned that we, we get connected to God who does exceedingly abundantly more than we ask or even that we can think. But it requires faith. And we talked about that last week. And if you're, if you're pre- if, you know, if you like preaching, you need to go listen to last week because I actually shucked the car in a little bit last week. And everybody said, Amen. all right. I'm just, you know what shucking the car means? Preach! Anyway, just, y'all didn't get that. All right, I'm sorry to scare some of you. If you're a visitor, it's good to have you. But next week, we're going to, really going to finish the series. And I'm going to ask a question. Where do you want where do you want all, you know, where do we go with all of this? And, you know, um, you know, and then next week, what we're also going to do is uh, is do our legacy offering. We've called it our miracle offering, but we're going to do our legacy offering. And you were here the first week we talked about we're going to receive we're going to receive a special offering. We do it once a year. And we, we believe for, that God has called us to have a vision. We want to raise up another campus in Crowley, Louisiana. Won't that be awesome? Within a year. And all the people that are in Crowley got real excited. Amen. And then also we're believing to start our children's building. Our next our children's uh, building next year. Won't that be great? 
and uh, have a greater facility. And then in Eunice, we want to buy some property and they want to build a parking lot there. And, and that will be great. And when we build the children's facility, we have to move our parking lot. And we'll expand more and all of that. But we'll be talking about that more during the year. But what we do is with the, with the grand offering, whatever we receive next week in our legacy offering, and uh, what we're going to do, we're going to take 10% like we always do, and we give it away. But this year we're going to invest it in local outreach. Instead of sending it to Africa or to other places in other countries like Honduras like we've done in the past. But this, this year we really feel like, you know what, we want to do some special things around Christmas time. There's some outreaches that we want to do that we've done in the past. And we, we just want to go and affect people's lives all around this region. Wouldn't that be great? And so this, today what I want to do is I want to be, I'm going to talk a little bit more on the theology, the, uh, a lot more theology this, uh, this, this morning that I've done in a while. And so I, I want to talk on the theological side of, of what I want to share in this. I want to drive, I want to dive right in the concept. God wants us to live our lives intentionally. How many of you believe that? That we intentionally live our lives. That, you know what? I know this legacy leavers are people that focus on something differently than people just saying, you know, I'm here on this earth. I'm going to live and conquer while I'm here. But I believe that legacy leavers ha- have a different point of view and see things different. I want to introduce you to, and here's something that we don't like to talk about, but I just want to introduce you to the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to get real quiet in here for a little while. And, you know, it's like, man, Pastor, I didn't know you were going to do that. Well, I want to indulge in it. Is that all right this morning? Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. If you have notes, if you don't have any notes, you need a, uh, some paper with notes you got in late and you didn't get one, just raise your hand and we'll make sure you get your notes. Great. There's someone over here, Angus over there, Wally, didn't get his notes. And so Second um, Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, okay, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And it says all. And when you look in the Greek, when you look in the Hebrew, all means, that's right, you've, you've learned that. But see, what happens is, is it, it, you know, they don't mean all people, but it does mean all believers, Okay, and this is a different kind of judgment than than what everyone will appear at one. There, there are two actual judgments. How many you know that? There's the great white throne judgment if you go to heaven or if you go to hell. Okay, and then everyone everyone will be at this judgment, and it's I believe what's going to happen is going to be quick. The book's going to be open, and your name is going to be read out. And if your name's not in there, there's one or two options. It's like the little girl that went to her, her, uh, her, her little classroom, and, and they, were, they were learning about wells. And she told her teacher, she said, teacher, I know a story about wells. And she goes, well, what is it? She goes, you know, there was a guy in the Bible, that he, his name was Jonah, and he was swallowed by a well. And she said, the teacher said, no, and she was not really a believer. And she says, baby, that's just a myth. And she goes, no, 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 no. She goes, in my church, we believe what the word of God says. And there was a man named Jonah, and he was swallowed by a well. And the teacher goes, honey, that's physically impossible for one mammal to swallow another mammal. And she said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah myself. And the teacher said, well, what if he's not there? And she looked at the teacher and she said, then you can ask him. 
All right, all right, yeah, y'all get that kind of slow, huh? I'm going to wake you up because they start judgment all you getting off. <laughs> Everyone will be at the judgment. And I think it's going to be a book will be open and your name is going to either be in the Lamb's book or life or not. You get your name in there, not by church, not by religion, not by good and works. It's only by putting your faith and your love in Jesus Christ and him being the Lord of your life. It's not by, it's not how nice, if you weren't nice enough, if you weren't good enough, if you gave enough, or, you know, it's you get there and you get, here's how you pass the test. When you give your life to Jesus, you trust him with your whole life, your whole love, your affections, and God, I'm going to serve you, and I accept the person of Jesus Christ in my life, and, and it's, he's the Lord of my life. Come on, someone give a good amen, because that's what it's all about. Let me read it again, Second Corinthians. For we all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Those, those who don't pass the first judgment, let me just say this, don't get to the second one. Because here it is. God has some stuff he wants to reward you with. How many believe God is a rewarder? He rewards the things you did on earth. In other words, he wants to bless his kids. How many of you like blessing your kids? You see, the word judgment is kind of a skewed word in our society. It really is because we think of judgment as, as we're in trouble. Or we go, don't judge me. Don't you say you're being judgmental. The word, let, let me give you, the word judgment is more like a judge at Olympic competition. You know, it's like, how many of you know you go through Olympic trials and you make the Olympic trials and you get to be on the team and it's awesome to be on the team and everybody's excited that they're on the team and people clap and they rejoice that they're on the team. And, and what happens, the Olympic committee, everyone did great, but you know what, but some did outstanding and they put a medal on them because they did outstanding. Am I, am I making sense? You know, Romans says this, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat and then each of us will give an account of himself to God. How we lived our lives. You know, for some of you, you think, that's just not fair. It's just not fair. You know, we think that we have, we have that skewed mind of fairness. In, fa in fact, I believe somewhere in our entitlement in society, are y'all with me? That we kind of get messed up. It's kind of like kids' sports. You, you know how kids' sports are today? It's like at the end of the year, everybody gets a medal. Because we want to be fair. Now, when I was a kid, not everybody got a medal. You got a medal because you earned it, because you beat everybody else. Hello? Because you went out and you practiced. You did well. And, you know, nowadays we give everybody a medal. And, you know, to me, you know, it's a little... You know, Pastor Bubba, just, I mean, I mean, we just give it to him for showing up. But it's not fair if no one else gets it. I, I don't think that that, that that helps us to have the right kind of thinking. Matthew says, or, how many know God is a blesser and he's a rewarder? Are y'all with me? Okay. Matthew 16, verse 27, for the Son of Man is, is to come. How many know he's coming back? In his father's glory with his angels. And then he will underline this word or circle it. Reward 
each person according to what he has done. You see, reward means to pay back in wages. It's like wages or it's like getting a salary for what you have done. Some of us are thinking heaven is enough, pastor, and his presence is enough. Thank you that you're thinking the right way. Are you hearing me? And, and, and you know, uh, but, but, but that won't change the fact what he's going to do, that he's going to reward. You know, it's, it's no different in my house. I want to bless my kids. But let me just say that we don't give allowances in my house, and that's going to mess up some kids here this morning. Okay? We, we just don't. I'm sorry. My kids, you know, I, I'll just say this. Um, they're lucky enough that they get a hot meal, they get a free bed. Come on, are you here with me? And, and, and I paid for all that. That's good enough, isn't it? Come on. Well, thank you, Miss Jean. I appreciate it. I'm trying. You know, but when my kid, let me just say this. You can't get money to be a part of my family. I'd be broke. I have six kids, all right? If you take out the trash, that's because you live at my house. If you mow the yard, it's because you live there. Are you hearing me? You have the privileges of being a McCann to be in my house. Luke has not experienced what mowing the yard is like yet. But his moment is coming. See, when I had my three oldest ones, it was easy, man. Because, you know, it's like I had one on one. You know, I mean, I had three of them. And, I, and it got to a point where it said, you do this, you do that, and I do this, and I drink my tea and watch. No, I worked with them. But and it's like, and it's like, you know, and it's like... Uh, how many of you have a problem? How many of you like keeping your yard neat? I hate trash. I mean, like, like people go down my yard, I mean, like past my street, and they throw cups, and they throw things, and it floats in my yard. And I just, like this morning, I went and got, they had somebody decided to get rid of their McDonald's cup. The lid and the straw was in my yard. The straw, little, the straw paper, the, you know what I'm talking about? And then like this morning, I'm in my robe, and I'm just kind of enjoying drinking the cup. Trace, you got to go out and see. It feels really good, babe. So I'm sitting out there, and I go, and it's like, I see that, and I go, oh, man. It just bothers me. I just can't stand. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I hate sticks in my yard. How many of y'all like having sticks? I mean, you know, and sometimes you go, all right, kids, it's time to pick up sticks. And, you know, some will get, you know, you know, some will get them. And I had one of my sons, I won't tell his name, but he's my second son. And, but every time he worked, he wanted, he wanted to show you what, oh, dad, here, I, you see that little stick I'm picking up? just want to let you know I picked it up for you. Thank you. I'm like, and then I got mad over there. He's got a big old pile. He's ready to build a bonfire and light it. <laughs> and Zach was always just quiet. You didn't know what he did. Okay? But it, it's like, you know, you see that. But when you, when, you know, when my kids do things with a selfish mo- with, with, without a selfish motive, I want to bless them. How many are you talking about? And sometimes you have to check those motives. You know what I'm saying? Well, why, why, what, what, you know, uh, it's just, you know, it's like Hebrew says this, God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. It's not in your notes. Hebrews eleven six. God is a rewarder. He loves to reward. Really, he, he does that for me. He does that for you. He wants to bless you. Say it with me. Say, God wants to bless me. How many of you believe that? God wants to bless you. You know. Uh, 
here's a compliment. If you're, you know, I, I just say, here's something, even at the end, in, in uh, Revelations 22, 12, it says, and behold, it's at the end of the book, at the end of the New Testament, he's saying this, he says, and behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. This doesn't sound fair, but it, but it will be. You know, it's like this, God's like this. He's like, hey, man, look, people that I, I, I want to reach as many people. I've, it's kind of like this. Kids are sticks in the yard. Are you willing to pick them up? Or are you just going to leave them there? And that's kind of the picture of the church. We're his children. And there's things all around that, you know, he's not waiting for someone else. If he gave you the desire and you see the need, God's called you to meet the need. Come on. I've had people call me someday, Pastor, we got some people over here and what you need to. Maybe there's times I need to do that. But there's times God may be asking you to meet that need. Thanks for all those amen. And don't be scared to call. You can call. We do help people. But here, here's the thing is, is that it just doesn't seem fair, but it will be. You know, the teaching, you know, the teaching can turn. If, if I'm sharing this, it can turn into people go, well, it's all about works, Pastor. It's all about works. And it's, it, you know, works-based, it's works-based Christianity. And, 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 you know, Pastor, you know, but see, you have the grace people on one side, you know, they're going, grace, grace, grace. Then you have the works people. Work, 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 work. How many am I talking about? And, the, and, and, and some, you have some people that feel like, I'm not worthy. Kind of like Wayne's World, all right? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Because they're always trying to do works. Are you hearing me? And then we're going to be in heaven, and we're always going to be bowing. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And we're going to enjoy heaven. Are you hearing me? It's because of the works that we do while we're here, and it's also because of the grace and the blood and the freedom that Jesus brings. Amen? You see, I believe this. God doesn't need your works. The world does. There's sticks. Go get them. You know, it's, it's, let me just say this. Grace and works, they're there not to be opposing each other. They're there to complement one another and to work together. Does that make sense? See, we don't go do good works to earn our salvation. We do good works because of our salvation. See, I want to give you something today that I want to call the reward test. And I want to and it'll help you keep yourself, your heart pure. Is that all right? And so what I want to do is I want to re- read in 1 Corinthians, and look what it says. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, and costly stones, it's doing, doing it in different levels, and wood, hay, and straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built, survives, he will receive his reward. And the thing I like about that, if you know anything about jewels and gold and fine things, and it talks about wood, hay, and straw and all that, that's what things that grow on top, they're easily seen, but they, they blow away. So you put fire to it, it's gone. But if you put fire to precious metals and gems, it just brightens it and glistens it and makes it more valuable. And then one day that God is going to test our works by his fire, and he's going to come and he's going to put a, 
a fire to our life. And how we lived our life and the way we lived our life is going to be revealed. I don't want to give Jesus a crown that's about this big. I want a full-on hunking crown that's got some serious jewelry. You know, some bling. I'm not wearing my bling while I'm here. I'm not talking about a Mr. T starter kit. I'm talking about, I'm talking about giving God something that it's like, oh man, I get to give this to God. Man, I mean, I had my friend that was here yesterday. We were talking to him. He said, I would love to be able to do that and God and call a, a semi truck and go, God, bring, hey guys, bring the jewels that I give to God. Wouldn't it be awesome? Each of us have that opportunity. You know, and it's only revealed by the fire. See, if your works are going to be tested, then we need to answer the, the question, what is the test? Now, what I want to do, what is the test? I want to give you the answers before you take the test. How many of you like that in school? I mean, you know, it's like, hey, I got the teacher's notes with the test and the answers. Like someone tried to give me the, 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 the met, some of the, the people going, here, Pastor Bubba, you need to take notes? I go, no, I got the answer key. Can I just give you the answers before you have to take the test? All of us are going to be tested. How many of you know we're all being tested even right now? Are y'all awake? Are y'all with me? All right. So here it is. Number one, the test of relationship. I just want to help you. Why were you, why were you doing the works? The reason we do the work is because we are in love with Jesus. Revelation says it like this. This is a great way. It says, I know your deeds. And this is what he says. You work hard and your perseverance. In other words, you're doing a great job. Yet, here it is, here's the but, yet, I hold this against you. Look what he says. You've forsaken your first love. You're not doing it for me anymore. You've forgotten about it. The first test is why. Why do we serve in any capacity in our children's ministry or in outreaches or serving in this church or outside the four walls of this church? Why? Why do we give? Well, it's because the Bible says you have to. Or, or is it because you're in love with Jesus and that's why you serve in any capacity that you have because you love the relationships God's put around you and you love people. And remember, I said this, you can let people do one or two things, entertain you or irritate you. You see, so why do we give? It's because it's our motive. Lord, I love you and I want to honor you and I want to bless you. The second test of motive is, is the test of motive. Why do you do the things you do, and who are you doing them for? Why? Why are you doing them? And who are you doing them for? I, I love what it says in Matthew. It says, I'll just say, a lot of people are doing their works because they think God is going to give them something back to them. Okay? And there's also people that have been taught a false gospel. It's called the prosperity gospel. So $1,000 and God will take care of your debts. Got real quiet in here. See, Matthew says it like this. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness. Listen to what it says. Before men. To be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward for your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. 
I don't have to get my own television show and tell you everything I've done. Hello. Thank you all. I appreciate that. As the hypocrites do in their synagogues and in their streets. To be honored by men. Listen to what he says. Look, underline, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus' words. They have, they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, here it is, will reward you. Now, it's all over the Bible. I don't have enough time. I could do a whole study on just God's reward. But see, this is why we have to do things with a pure heart. Am I making sense? The whole prosperity gospel, get, give to get, that's not true. You know, it's almost a half truth. God wants you. Wants you blessed and wealthy, but not to have more stuff. See, 2 Corinthians 9 says this, you will be made rich in every way. So God wants you to be rich. How many of you believe that? How many of you God wants you to be rich? Come on, how many, of you, how many of you believe God wants you to be rich? God wants you to be rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God doesn't raise your standard of living for you. Let me just say this. God raises our standard of living to raise up our standard of giving. Can I just say that again? God doesn't raise your standard of living, uh, of living for you. God raises our standard of living to raise a standard of giving. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. How many of you believe that? And that is the truth. I remember one time getting a newsletter from David Wilkerson. And, and, he, and I was reading it. And it was one of these, he was writing about what they were doing in New York and all the things he's done. He's the guy who wrote uh, Crossing the Switchblade, Run Baby Run with Nikki Cruz and all this. And, uh, and, and, and he was talking about, he said, you know, a lot of times people are praying, God, help me be a blessing. When I get such and such, then I will bless. He said, that's a mistake, What you need to learn to do. And I remember it stuck in me. He said, you need to learn to be a blessing now. So when God blesses, you understand that you continue can be a blessing. Rocco, J.D. Rockefeller, who started Standard Oil, said this. If I wouldn't have tithed on my first dollar, I wouldn't have never tithed on my millionth dollar. Does that make sense? See, when we do... when. When we do what we do, we always think of the person as on the receiving end. That's a test of love. That's a third one. It's a test of love. When you do, when, when we do what we do, we always think of the person on the receiving end. Why do we serve in our Savior's church in whatever capacity or whatever? It's with the children. Let's say if it's in the children's ministry. Because you don't know that that little four-year-old, that his parents are going through a divorce. And he's, he's hurting. And he may need you to encourage him and help him and to pray with him. Does that make sense? So someone can be there to minister to him in his circumstance. It's not his fault. He's just going through a difficult time. We serve. We, why do we do outreaches? Because we may meet someone that's been crying out to Jesus that needs him in a way that, you know, that, that we go and demonstrate the love of God. The greatest force in the universe is the love of God. His, the force of love. Come on, let me tell you something. 
what drew me to Jesus is I saw his goodness. I thought, man, if you can be that good to my grandmother and people that really love you, God, maybe you can help me in my circumstances. Lord, I've tried to overcome drugs, alcohol, pornography. I've tried to overcome lying. I mean, let me tell you, I was walking around with one kind of mask for one group, and I would take that mask off and put on another mask in another group. How do you know what I'm talking about? Come on, anybody know? Come on, don't hide behind the mask. But I realized this, when I gave my life to Jesus, I can lay the mask down, and I can finally just be who God made me to be, and I can find, I can find freedom, I can find reward, I can find happiness in knowing him and what he would, has done in my life. When I bowed my knee to make him the Lord of my life, can I tell you something? And he's guided me, he's gave me the perfect woman to be my wife. I'm so thankful for Miss Tracy. She's not Miss Tracy, she's Tracy to me, but Miss Tracy to y'all, okay? Because you know what? I couldn't have found him. I remember praying in a, literally in a closet one where I said, God, I'm too stupid to pick my own model wife. And, you know, when you're young, you know, you're, you're praying a lot for a wife. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, you know, and, you know, you look at one, you go, maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the one. But I remember one day I just got in the closet and said, God, I don't want to make the choice anymore. It's not my choice. It's your choice. Would you show me? And it wasn't because of the bathing suit like I shared last week only. Please forgive me. It's a bad picture for some of you. But you know what? I, I heard her pray. I said, man, I saw her before, but, you know, we were just friends. She was always nice to me. But I heard her pray, and I heard, I could tell that her prayers were real. And I started getting attracted to her. And then I had the guts to go out, and I remember, uh, can I just tell you the story? Here it is. It's true. I see, when I was in this ministry, I was, I've, I'd been in the ministry for a couple of years, and, and all the guys had to come to me if they wanted to go date a girl, you know, and kind of check their motives and everything. And one guy came to me, and I was thinking about asking Tracy out, but I was actually, had taken out a girl from uh, Long, Long Island, New York, okay? Her name was Cindy. Well, this guy, he was on my team. His name was Mel. And he came to me and said, man, I kind of like that girl, Tracy. And I'm thinking, oh, man. I was kind of liking her because I don't like Cindy. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. And, and, and it was my test. He goes, I was thinking about taking her out. I said, well, what's your motive? Well, I kind of like her. I mean, get to know her. Maybe marry her one day. And I remember it was up to me. I go, no, you can take her out. I remember we had gone, they were coming, I was, they were coming in the bowling alley, and we were coming out of this bowling alley in, in, in Tyler, Texas, and in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not having a good time with this girl, and I was thinking, I wish I could be going out with Tracy, but I didn't know this, she told me after we got married, she was thinking the same thing about me, I'm, this male guy, he's boring, I wish I was out with that guy, Bubba, <laughs> but it's just amazing, man, just how God brought us together. And honestly, when we got married, we knew each other, but we really didn't know each other. How many of you know what I'm talking about, married couples? How many of you know what I'm talking about, married couples? All right. But I'm just so thankful because God is a rewarder. You see, why do we, you know, why do we serve? Why do we, because you know what? Corinthians, uh, Corinthians says this, 1 Corinthians 13, 3. If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames... But I have not love, I gain nothing. 
You know what it means? I don't pass the test. Do I do works because you do works because you love Jesus and you have a pure motive and you love people. That's why you do that. And number four, the test of eternity. I would love to teach an entire series just on that test on eternity. And I will one day. But you know what? Not all acts of kindness are the same. They're just not. You know, it's not just good enough to be nice. You can be nice. You see, compassion, you have to have compassion and you have to have love with Jesus. Understand me? Don't just do be nice to be nice. Be nice because you love God and it's an opportunity to share with people about God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My mind thinks this way. I'm just going to let you know. This is how I think. I'm always looking for a door. I'm always looking for a place. When I talk to people, an opportunity to share the gospel and Jesus with people when I go play. And maybe you don't think that way. That's okay. But I want you to begin. My desire here this morning is that you would begin to learn to think that way. That when I see people, how can I share? It might not be at that moment, but you know that you're going to build something. And there's going to be that moment when you're able to share with them about the love of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see... It's, it's social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. And spiritual justice without justice isn't justice. In other words, Luke says it like this. Jesus says, I tell you. Use wor-, he says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself. So that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. I want to be a church that leverages everything we can. For eternal purposes. How many of you want people in this city to know Jesus? Okay. I need to start over. I'm these, how many of you want people in this region, in this city, that people have written off to come and to know Jesus? You know what kind of people I want in here? Did you see so-and-so? Can you believe that they were in church? Wow. Look at that so-and-so. He used to do this. And, you know, did you know? Oh, yeah. But, man, he gave his life to God, and he's totally different. Are you hearing me? Someone a couple weeks ago came and gave me a shotgun. I think I told you all about it. I'm, uh, but when I, when I got this shotgun, it's an engraved shotgun. And they said, God told me to just give this to you, Pastor. And I'm like, thank you, God. And he's engraved and all this stuff. And somebody, I've had showed a few people. I'm just going, look, look, look at it. I mean, and someone asked me the other day, he said, are you going to shoot that? And I go, heck yeah, I'm going to shoot that gun. That gun's going to preach every time I go out in the blind or do something. Man, where'd you get that nice gun? Let me tell you a story. What an opportunity to preach. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, Pastor, where are you going with this? See, I, wanna, I want this church in this region to touch people's lives. I want to just reach people and, and build people's lives. I want to enjoy services. I want to come to an incredible, where we can bring in incredible, our kids to an incredible children's church, a youth program, you know, that, but I, I don't want to just be that. I want to have more campuses. I want to have more services. None of that is easy. It's going to be hard. Hello. We have to live for the treasures of heaven. I'm not living for rewards here on this earth. They're nice to get. Don't get me wrong. Jesus said this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth 
and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's the stuff on earth. But store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. I want to give you the rally cry of our Savior's church for you this morning. Here it is. Number one, realize that God owns everything. He owns it. You have to realize, I have to realize, you have to realize the car you drive, the house you live in, the food you eat, the tithes that you give, all the money you have, not just your tithe, belongs to God. Everything, even the breath that you breathe belongs to him. When you get that, you no longer have the owner mentality. God owns it all, so that's liberating. And so now what is it? He, if God owns it all, even the part I get, he owns it all, even the part I get to keep. Hello? And if I get to keep something, I, gotta, I go, God, how do you want me to do, what do you want me to do with this? You know that little video that, that they did with Josiah one time, Pastor Josh's old son, you know, I give this one to the Lord, one in my savings account, I get the rest for me. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, what do we do with what God gives us? You see, God owns it all. I'm responsible to even leverage the part I get to keep for his purposes. And so here it is, Second, uh, First Chronicles. Are y'all with me? Are y'all learning anything? First Chronicles 29, 11, uh, 10 and 11. Praise be to you, O God, O Lord, God of our Father Israel, for everything to, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. You know, how many of you ever taken your kids out to a movie or to go watch a football game or do something. You know what I'm talking about? You ever done that? Or and, and you buy stuff and they ask you, Dad, can I have some money to go get some peanuts? You, you ever, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, here you go. You can go here, go get you some peanuts. You know, here's some money. Go get you some peanuts. And, and and you know, they come back and they're eating their peanuts and they just go and you look at them and go, Hey, can I just have one? And they look at you and go, Go get your own. What? Let me, that's where you go, I own the bag. Secondly, you know what? I'd have, I could have taken the bag from you to the point where you never get to eat a peanut again. Third, I have enough money to buy boxes of peanuts and pour them and make peanuts rain on you. How do you think God feels when we have that owner mentality? Am I? Okay. Y'all look like sheep at the gate. What do we do, Pastor Baza? Where are we going? We're going somewhere. Here's the thing. If God owns it all, it doesn't belong to me anyway. The second thing is manage everything you have. On his behalf. Since God is the owner, then we need to ask God how he wants us to handle his money. 
Hello, because it's a different mentality. It's his money. Hello. How does he want me to handle the car he has given me? How does he want me to handle the home you live in? How does he want you to use your money you have in your wallet? Now, we are asking God, what, what are his interests? We're managers. I'm just a manager. Look at me. Look at me. I'm just a manager of the owner. You're just a manager of the owner. I mean, does God own everything you have? Okay, let's have a show of hands. I'm going to have a church vote this morning. Does God own everything you have? I want to see if you believe that. Okay? Okay, put your hand. Anybody else have a different opinion, you can raise your hand. Okay. I saw someone do their pen, but they were moving their hair. I was like, what? Anyway. We want to leverage it all that God has given. I want to leverage everything God has given me to steward. I want to leverage that. You know what? Go, go be a blessing. You know, go be a blessing. This week, we had a girl named Zatoya. This guy's name was Walter Howard. He was in the Crowley Hospital. And they called our church. Was it the Broussard Church or Lafayette Church? They, they called us and they said, hey, can you have a pastor go down to the Crowley Hospital? Because we have one of our... Our member's dad that's in there, he's on ICU, he's in critical condition. And so I'm like, you know what, and I mean, I told Josh, we'll call Jamie, see if he can go. He's right there. If he hadn't left, he can go pray for him. He lives in Crowley, and so, but he was in Eunice. He couldn't get away, and I go, well, shoot, I'll go. And so Pastor Jacob calls me during that time because during this time of the year, he, he loves me, but he's really wanting to know how the hunting looks. Okay, that's the truth, okay? And, and, and so, again, I said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for one of, your, one of your sheep. He goes, really? Come on, man. Who? And I start telling him and all this. And come on, man of God. Don't do that. I said, man, I, you know me. If I go in Crowley, man of God, that's where the devil tried to kill me with chemo. Something's going to sprout up and lie and, and live over there. So I get over there, and, and I'm walking to Crowley. I walk in. The, there's the ICU room on the top floor. I think it's fourth floor, third floor, whatever. Don't, don't count me down. Mary, is it the fourth floor? You work there. Third floor? Okay, third floor. I was on the third floor. And they have a waiting room before the door. And I walk in the waiting room and I go, hey, uh, how do you get in the ICU? I know how to get in. And Jennings, you can go pick up the phone and, you know, you can call them. And but they don't have numbers on there. I said, somebody, well, pick up the phone. I pick them up and I'm pressing numbers. Nothing happens. And, and I go, and somebody goes, well, you got to go do this and this. And, I, and I, I'm walking out. It goes, well, in the abundance of counselors, there should be a lot of wisdom in this room. And I walk, they start laughing. And I go, and I just go knock on the door like the old days, you know. The nurse comes and she goes, yeah. I said, well, I'm here to see Walter Howard. She goes, Walter Howard. I said, oh, yeah, come on. And I said, their family's supposed to meet me, but I don't see him. And all of a sudden, a little while, right when I said that, these two people come. Natoya and her mother come. And they go, and I've never met them in my life. And she goes, you passed the Bible? I go, yeah. And she looks in there. She goes, this is our pastor. I never met you in my life. But I'm your pa- I mean, I'm, I'm, I felt like honored, you know. And we went in the room, and her daddy's just, he had a, a stroke in his brain where it doesn't, it, he can't um, breathe on his own, you know, without um, the air. And he's got that, the thing in your neck. What is that called? Trachea. Okay, thank you. I appreciate y'all preaching with me this morning. And, and they're having that, and, and that's how he's breathing. But they said, you know, Pastor, he can hear. 
So we start praying, hey, you're going to, we're believing. You know, we start, I start preaching to him, you know. And he says, and she's crying. She goes, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. Can you hear me, Daddy? Just squeeze my hand. And my, he, he kind of squeezed, and she put my hand in his hand. She goes, Pastor, I think he can hear you. And then I saw him just, and, she, and, and I said something, he, and, he, and I said, he's squeezing it. She goes, I told you he can hear you. And I'm getting excited, and we just start praying. And so at the end, we prayed and everything, and, and she's talking to the doctor. And he says, well, what time do you want us to unplug him? She said, well, maybe about 6 o'clock. And she says, I want my kids to get off of work and come see their daddy and his brother and his sister. And, you know, it's an it's a eternal moment. I mean, I'm talking about. And, and so I go, hey, well, let's go exchange numbers. I'll get you a number. So I go in the IC room. And, and then one of the guys, I walk in, and I'm talking to them. And one of the guys goes, hey, are you related to Tyler McCann? And I go, well, that's my nephew. And one lady, and one, and one guy, I thought you was Pastor Bubba. And then there's a girl in there. She goes, Pastor Bubba. And she goes, why don't you tell them your story, what God's done in your life? In the whole IC room, there was not a chair left in the IC room. I, I had an audience. But can I tell you something? You know where that, I knew that girl? This is how God works. Come on, let me tell you how God works. That girl, when Pastor Jacob and I used to come in from hunting, she used to work at the Denny's as a waitress. She was always down, discouraged. She was living in Lake Arthur, okay? And I, every time I would tip her good. Pastor Jacob and I tip her well. We pray with her, encourage her, share with her. She said, one day I'm going to come to your church. So I'm, come on, we'll come. My daughter, my daughter needs this. So we'll tell your daughter to come. We'll, we'll help her. You know that girl? She sat in a chemo chair right across from me while I was doing chemo for my cancer. And she watched me, and she remembered. She actually came to visit. Her daughter came for several months, and she actually moved. And she said, tell them the story, Pastor Bubba. And I go, well, I had cancer, and now I'm healed. That's the story. And she goes, and I'm, I'm here to pray with Latoya. I came to pray for Walter and Latoya and her mama's daddy and all this stuff. And she t- and, and I said, well, what are you? And she goes, I go, what are you in here for? She goes, my mama's in the ICU. And she starts telling me what she has. And that's my daddy right there. And that's my cousin. And I said, well, look, let's all stand up. Let's just pray for her. So I'm here right there in, in the Crowley Hospital in ICU room. We all held hands and we had church. Because it all started, and you know, it all started with a little tip to a little girl that needed some help, that needed encouragement. She was going to make it. And I remember walking with her and praying with her. My wife knows who I'm talking about. She met her. And you know what? I believe this. If you do something, you don't see it all happen at one time, and you don't never know how, what God's going to do. But can I tell you something? If you just step out in Jesus' name and in Jesus' love, and you represent the kingdom, God will bring an audience to you, and you'll see things happen. Maybe not in your lifetime, but God will do something great. 
I just want to leverage all that God has for me. Don't you? I love it. Matthew said, if anyone gives you a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth. He will certainly not lose his reward. Focus your whole life towards the eternal. You know, that's his third part. Focus your whole life. The Lord even sees you giving a cup of water to a child. You see, the greatest deterrent of leaving a legacy is the illusion that earth is our home. Somehow we have an illusion. Listen, I'm not going to, I'm only here, you and I are only here for a short moment. The Bible says it's but a breath to the Lord. See, if you think life is this, you won't, ha- you won't leave a legacy if you think life is all about this. You see, let's live for, etern- for the things that are eternal. Amen? Friends, you're going to face tests. All of us are going to face these tests. It's not the second one which is important, but it's the first day. It's the first test. That one day you're going to stand before God, and and every one of us are going to do that. And we're going to give account. Either your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, or it's not. Pastor, how do I get my name in the book? I'm glad you're asking these questions. I love preaching here. You always ask great questions. It's not the fact that you're here today. Your name is written in the book. When you put your trust in your life in the hands of Jesus. Pastor, how to do it? You surrender the control of your life to him. You make him the Lord of your life. It's Jesus. It's relationship, not religion. It's relationship. There's no work that can get you there. Works are important, but they don't get you saved. Pastor Bubba, I'm not sure I'm living that way, and I'm not sure that my name's in the book, Pastor Bubba. Pastor, I've made that decision, man. Maybe you're someone like this, but I'm not not walking the way. I've walked away from God, but I'm ready to come back today. I want to be a citizen of heaven, Pastor Bubba. How do I get there? What do I need to do? I want you to pray with me this morning. You don't have to come to the front. You can pray right there in your chair. Amen? Where you are, where you're seated. I want to pray for you. Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord, Pastor Bubba, but I, I, want this, I want to have a relationship with him. I don't want it to be a religious experience. I want it to be a relationship with him, to have the power to walk through the test of life. If that's you this morning, can you just bow your head with me this morning? Because all over this place, just bow your head. Say, Pastor, brother, I'm really, I'm ready to make a decision. I want, you know, I want to make that decision. Then get ready. Get ready to make that decision this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. Would you just raise your hand, and I just want to pray with you all over this place. Just raise it up high. I pray. Raise it high, okay? See it all over this place. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. You put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? That's you this morning. Say, Pastor Bob, I'm going to raise my hand because count me in. I want my name to be written. Not only in the book, but I want to have that love relationship with Jesus. That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You put it down. Thank you. All over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Many, many people this morning. Count me in, Pastor Baba. Let's pray. Listen, you can pray, but I want to pray with you. And let my prayer be your prayer. Just pray this prayer with me. Just where you're at. Lord, I give you my life. And Lord, I I don't want to be like the Bible says. If I reject you before man, you'll reject me before your Father in heaven. But Lord, I come this morning because I realize that my heart has strayed. Lord, I, I've, 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 I've allowed things to come and to, to hinder me from seeing you and for who you really are and what you want to do in my life. And, Lord, I don't want to hold on to these things anymore. It's not about my works. It's not about just grace. It's about me trusting you with my whole life. I give you my life. I give you my love. I give you my, my affection. I give you my life. That you would come into my heart. And that you would live there. And that I would have a relationship, a love relationship. I would do things out of love. I'd be motivated for my love for you. And because I love you, you would free me from myself. You would free me of my guilt, of my shame. Where I felt no purpose, you would give me purpose. I believe that. And Lord, I trust you with my whole life. I know if I give you all of me that I can have all of you and that's what I want. I want all of you. I don't want to keep living the way I've lived. But I ask that you would come and you would empower me and give me the grace that I need to become what you've called me to be. I give my life to you, Jesus. Be my Lord. I make that decision today. You're the owner. I'm just the manager. Thank you for your love, Jesus, for demonstrating your love on the cross that you would die for me even when I'd live for myself. Thank you for your freedom, that you rose from the grave. And that God, that that means that, that, that I can put those things to death and that I would be raised up with you, found in you, strengthened through you, and accepting your love and your provision for my life. prayed that prayer this morning as your pastor I just say I'm proud of you I just want to let you know I'm proud of you that you would be willing enough and be honest enough to say God I need you no matter what just pray it amen